It's time for braces. Oh, I got one. That's why we're fragrance free. Go ahead, big I have to use My granddaughter is coming in with my new foster granddaughter, and she will be here this evening. I'm very excited. I've not, I've not met my foster granddaughter This is Ariel, the one that got married in um, Joshua February. Thank you, Josh. I am in this I feel like retarded to wear pants during summer in Texas. Don't say that. I got air vent. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Looks like his favorite pants too. Yeah. Who else has braids? Mesh patch on. Christine does. So yesterday we had a little get together at the house for Caleb. Praise being shared up here, and so zip your lips so we can listen to this one. Then you can have your turn. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, we had a little get together at the house for Caleb yesterday for her birthday. Um, and her best friend forgot to give her mom the birthday invitation until an hour into the party. So then her mom texted me and said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. We are throwing on clothes right now. We are heading your way. So that was like the highlight of her birthdays. Her, cool. her best friend got to still make it happen. So Amen. Amen. That's nice. That's cool. She has a card coming from us today, too. Yeah, Lisa Garrett. She got that yet or not? Yeah, okay, good. Too, yeah. good. Yeah. Who else? Praises. Liam's got a praise. Yeah. I don't know if he wants to share it or not, but he looks like he's praising <laughs> the Lord back there. Hi, Liam. You said him his eyebrows went up. I know. He knows my voice. <laughs> Who else? Mary. Okay, go ahead. I just want to praise God. I have a, um, a grandchild that lives in um, Delaware. Coming down today, tonight, we're going to have a game night. So I'm just hoping for that to turn out nicely. She already arrived. Yeah. Some house and she got a good flight. Everything was fine. Coming from so Delaware, you said. Yeah. Is that right? So now we're going to have a great time in the Lord tonight. Well, amen. Looking amen. forward to that. That's good. All right, Bob. My praise is we have people in the church that are on the men. Uh, Sister Glenda is, is definitely doing better, and, and I'm praise God for that. I also Amen. praise God that Brother Cecil got back. Yep. Unscathed. He looks as good, if not better, than when he left out. So, you know, I'm. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. When I grow up, I want to be like Brother Cecil. <laughs> Short. <laughs> well, short on uh, bad attitudes and problems like Brother Cecil. Go ahead, brother. I just want to say we're coming here as a family some months back, but that's the big deal is not Dallas. I just spent the first night in my new 55 over apartment. Amen. We're glad you're drawn and glad you're here. Sometimes people are drawn and resist. Amen. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All right, who else? Anybody? Gilbert, go ahead, buddy. Well, I praise the Lord for everything, and especially now. I guess I've been hanging on a thread for some time. Uh, 
about five months ago, I was in, sort of in Navy Post, but suggested that I would be going to the Santiograph, which I did yesterday, uh, Thursday. And there's some good news and some bad news. Okay. Uh, the good news is that uh, I'll probably come out all right, but the bad news is I will have to go through uh, bypass, through open heart surgery. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, in there. Not fun. Not fun. But we'll pray you through. That's been done for me. At least we can do do that for you. Yeah. All right. Josh. Praise the Lord. On Saturday, we had a couple neighbors show up to the Saturday morning thing. So praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Jerry. I want to praise the Lord for the wisdom of his word. Amen. Amen. That's a that's much bigger thing than people realize. Proverbs is uh, the concentrated spot in God's word where the wisdom. It's not the only place you, you get the wisdom, but it is like it is it's concentrated there for sure. Who else? Other praises. That's it. Oh, I want to share something. Go ahead, Mary. This guy came to my house and asked me if I'm, my roof need repairing. So I started talking about the Lord. You know, if he's a Christian. And he said, Yes, he said you know him. His name is Stephen Gorman, you always come to this church. Steve Gorman. He said, Pastor, no. I said, we're still serving the Lord. He's like, yeah. Serving the Lord. I just let him know about that. Steve Gorman was a, was a member of this church. He got saved in Basic Bible Truth. And one of those people that disappeared. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Gilbert, go ahead. Now, I to Gary's comment. Uh, uh, it's a phrase that, you know, the Bible says many are called, but I believe all are called. That's what it says. And at the same time, uh, we get involved with the makeup of not uh, just accept, accepting and hearing, but believing and being in the Word and being the Word of God in itself. Yeah. And, she's, and God says, in the beginning with the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we are in the Word with God. I don't know. You know, people sometimes say, boy, I wish I'd have been, I wish I'd have been there when Jesus was on earth. Jesus is on earth. Amen. Right there. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word what? That means, because He's alive, that means He still is God. So that's just pretty cool. All right, Josh? I want to praise the Lord for Justin's sake returning. They had a long trip. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah, amen. Anybody else? 
going once, twice. Brenda. I just want to praise the Lord that starting this week, I get to go part-time at work and start collecting my Social Security. Don't you have to be like kind of old to do that? Well, I'm going to be 65 in December, so I'm getting Oh, so you're collecting early. Yeah. I just could, had too much stress going on at work, so I had to cut back on these hours a little bit. Okay. Keep my All sanity. Right. <laughs> well, that seems to be a, <laughs> seems to be going around. That's going around. <laughs> okay, I have some pregnant. All right, Lisa, go ahead. Okay. Um, yesterday was a pretty good day for you. You weren't running out of energy too often, so that was. I did what? You didn't run out of energy very often yesterday. You did pretty well. Actually, I didn't do much, but that's yeah, right. <laughs> it was Saturday on a holiday weekend, so how are you still counting? You don't have to do chores. Anyway, um, I would like to praise the Lord for, it's going to sound really weird, for the autoimmune disorders that I have because, um, like yesterday morning, I went into my office, full-brained, I was told them I was going to work two hours, two hours later I come out of my office, I can't even think, I'm just like fogged, and I realized uh, an hour later when I got my brain back only even better that it was the pesticides that we had to spray because we've had fire ants all over our house, mm -hmm. they're after the water, they're in the sinks, they're not in the trash, they're in the sinks, an invasion. on the back of a toilet and just, you know, yeah, that's dry when water. I stuck your house yeah, water yeah, it's in our house. Yeah. yeah. That's dry. Yeah. But, but anyway, I was really scared that I was like, okay, got off the deep end with dementia. There I am. But I'd like to praise him that that's what it was. And it wasn't like me going off the deep end with dementia. Because it's, if I ever come up here and I'm not talking and I'm not looking at your, you in your eyes, I'm under the influence of a chemical and I feel extremely vulnerable when that happens. And um, so I just, I'm like this, only I don't have long hair. I don't like this. See, that's, that's what so, I get like when I sit still too long. I just get like I'm in Lala Land. That's what I get when I wake up. It's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's oh. MS brain fog. All right. Yes. All right, last shot. Vicki. Um, two. One that got me some honeydews done, which I'm very, very proud of. Um, he changed my lawnmower blade and he got poison ivy from the blade. Oh, 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 so we, but we got that taken care of. We got it caught it early and got the shots and stuff, so he's better. But um, my unexpected praise was that Lexi's older brother Adam is who came to her with came to her to VBS is here at church this morning. So good good all right well i am glad you're here and we are in john chapter three today back in there we kind of took a break from it last week but now we're back and uh nicodemus came to jesus by night they wanted to talk to him about how he must be from god because he does the miracles and Jesus dis, did not seem very willing to discuss that with him. Jesus is approached by many people many times to discuss their individual personal issues and problems. I've had, I've had people come to me on 
hundreds of occasions, actually, over the last 20 years. And it's usually about their financial problems. It's about their marriage or relationship problems. It's about their problems with their children. It's about the problems they're having with their work. It's about health or medical problems. And I run out of fingers pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is not in the counseling business. And I know that sounds terrible of me to say that, but Jesus is not in the counseling business. And I'm not in the counseling business. I'll try to help you if I can, if I can give you some wisdom that I've learned that'll, that'll help you out. Uh, he's in the love business and I'm required to love who he loves. And so that means I have to love you. What a, what a job that is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, when I first got saved, I, I was very concerned about my family and uh, whether they were saved and my brother, I knew he wasn't saved and he wasn't. And uh, I was all concerned about that. But after a while, uh, I realized that, that my requirement as a disciple, not just as a preacher, but even more so is that, uh, is to love who Jesus loves. Amen. Everybody, the same. Yeah. Care about where you're going, about your knowing. It's my job. But uh, I learned to do it before it was my official job. I learned to care about people the way Jesus cares about people. It's verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, I, I, I find it pretty easy to pick and choose certain ones to love. You do that too, don't you? But that's not our job. That's not our choice. That's God tells us to love Whoever he sends. Yep. And and you're here. And so you must be sent. Or you wouldn't <laughs> be here. So we we have to learn to we have to learn to do that. Uh, Nicodemus he didn't get the discussion, he didn't get the advice that he was looking for. He wanted to know about the miracles. He wanted Christ to have a uh, same level discussion with him. Nobody can have a same level discussion with Jesus. Nobody. He's always up there and we're always down here. And one day when we get our new bodies, it'll be more like maybe there. But there's never going to be a time that the creator is on level with the creation. Not going to happen. Uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, when we get to heaven, won't we just know everything? No, you won't. You'll still be stupid. <laughs> Compared to Jesus, By comparison, yeah. you're still going to be absolutely ignorant by comparison. You're never going to learn it all. I don't, I don't think we're ever even going to learn the entire Bible, let alone all the things that Jesus did that wouldn't hold, the world wouldn't hold the books. Uh, but that's just an opinion, so don't take that to the bank. But uh, you can take the creator versus creation part to the bank. We're never going to be on a level with him. 
And the, the very idea, the very idea that he's where he is and we're where we are and that he loves us the way he does ought to simply blow you away. Yeah. It ought to just make you feel about that tall. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as good as playing pickleball and your wife is the captain of the team and she actually chooses you. <laughs> That hasn't happened yet, but I'm looking for it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, just to, just to illustrate the point, uh, to, Jesus told him immediately when he opened his mouth, "You can't go to heaven unless you're born again." Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Same thing. That's what he meant. Nicodemus says, can't you just see this Pharisee standing there like going, you know, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, now you know better than that. He just assumed that he did because it was it was ridiculous. It was, but he didn't know what to say. And Jesus said, "What?" He answered him again. He said, "Verily, verily." What does it mean when Jesus says, "Verily, verily"? Truly, 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 truly. I know that, but what's it mean? What is he trying to get across? Jerry, what do you think? Pay attention to what I'm saying. Yeah, you need to pay attention to this. Nicodemus, verily, verily, you need to pay attention this time. I just told you, but now I'm saying it again with the second, verily, verily. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Perhaps because uh, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, and they, are, they were very knowledgeable in the law, which was with Moses. And uh, to become aware of what Jesus was trying to tell him, uh, he probably felt that he was an authority. So the Lord says, uh, I have experienced a similar thing in my profession. Sometimes you know how to resolve something, but the boss dictates what he wants. Yeah. And you have to follow through the process until, you know, and if you manage not to convince him, but... Uh, ultimately do it, then, then he's going to realize yeah. perhaps something. Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And may I say to you, you must be born again. Can you remember before you were saved understanding that you must be born again. You, I know you didn't understand what it meant, but do you remember being told and getting the point that you must be born again? Yeah. How did you? How did you feel? How did it make you feel? Then you remember? Confused at first. Confused. Yeah. That's all there is when you're lost and you're told that you must be born again. You have that's all you can be is confused because there's not a there's you don't have a rest chance of knowing what he's talking about. Not then. 
You can learn it. And and Liam says, I don't want to be born again. That was rough. <laughs> I don't want to do that over. There's a verse in eight, verse eight is one of these uh there's two there's two passages in John chapter three that are used by uh to to defend the faith and one this next one is sometimes taught I heard it recently by a famous preacher. Verse eight Jesus said, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. Anybody in here want to take a shot at telling telling us what that means? What that's what's that talking about? It's what Jesus used to explain this to Nicodemus, whose answer was, How can these things be? He didn't have an answer. It means you're not going to understand this completely. Okay. Like, this is a mystery to you. The Spirit's going to do what it's going to do. Uh, actually, I think it makes a lot of sense, but I'll explain that in a minute. But what do you think? What do you think, Josh? Uh, maybe it's, it's saying that you can't see it, but you can know where it's at by what's happening around it. Okay, that's pretty close. This verse is taught... Uh, in connection with the new birth, a new birth as as like it just shows up and it happens and you didn't know it, you didn't you didn't know it where it came from, you don't know where, you don't know anything about it. It just happened. It's kind of a Calvinist perspective, is what it is. Like the Lord just you're chosen to go to heaven and just poof, it just happens and that's it, out of nowhere, like the wind. Anybody agree with that? Does that make any sense to you? Well, this is not a Calvinist perspective. This is uh, an explanation of the effect of the new birth. First of all, I want you to I want you to see what the subject is. The subject is not the spirit in this verse. The subject is a person that is born of the Spirit. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Amen. What Jesus is explaining here is using the wind to describe something. The wind blows where it listeth. What's listeth? Where it wills. Where it will, where it wants to. Wind blows wherever it goes. And you can hear the sound, but you can't tell whence it cometh, meaning where it came from, or where it's going. Well, I mean, if it's blowing from the south, it came from the south, (laughs) and it's going north, but you really can't know. And it says, so is everyone. This is a this is a description of someone when they are born again. It's not a description of how it happens. It's not a description of the spirit that you can't see, but you know, it's a description of the effect of the new birth on the person that's born again. 
every one that's born of the Spirit. You can see the effect of the wind, but you can't see the wind. You can feel the effect of the wind. You can know the effect of the wind by observing it, especially if there's a lot of it, but you can't really know what's causing it or where it comes from or where it's going. How is that like a person who's born again? How does that describe a person who's born again? Leah, you, you don't know. Don't be telling me in your hand. There's a huge change. They're different. Yeah. There's change. And you can't tell what did it. It just happened. It's, like the, it's so much like the wind because the speed of the wind varies the change, doesn't it? The direction of the wind varies the change. It's different. Every time the wind comes through, it's it's a little different, but you can't see it. You can't see what's causing it, but you sure can see and feel the, the effect of it. Uh, so when you got saved, you were a little bit like the wind. Flighty, no. <laughs> Was there a, a was there an observable change in your life when you were born again? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert? Yeah, it's like a self-realization. Okay. In other words, you realize that there is something beyond, and at the same time, like Jesus allows us to see the world that He made all these things for us to see, you know, and to. Swim in it, so to speak. You mean like uh, our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are the children of God? It's one with God. So here's the confusion. Okay. The Spirit of God makes this change in a person when they're born again. Absolutely does. Your spirit, which was dead in sins, is now made alive, recreated, in the image of God and in righteousness and true holiness. Now the confusion that keeps showing up, people confuse the change which is caused by the new birth for the new birth itself. They think my changing, my being nicer to people, my being different, my doing better, my quitting, drinking, smoking, and cussing, and all those things, that's it. But they're wrong. Mary? Yeah, I remember when I got saved, when I accepted the Lord, there was such a difference. There was such a great change in me. All I want to do is go tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah, I had that problem myself. You have to tell somebody about him. You can't help yourself. You know? Yep. It's exciting and <coughs> I know. <laughs> I know. If you have that desire and you go out to do it without learning how to do it right, well, yeah, you gotta study. It doesn't work but, out. Kind of like one of those whirling wind it's storms. Like, it's like you're alive. All yep. of a sudden you're alive. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah, I do. Amanda. Uh, when you were saying that, it kind of reminds me of in Psalms 37, 
when it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. But it's not my fleshly desires. It's like when he's transforming you, your desires naturally change to align with his will. His will. Yeah. And then people see that and they're like, she used to do these things and now she's not. What is it? The uh, one of the interesting things about that the new birth is instantaneous. It doesn't. It, it's not something that evolves into something. It's an immediate change. It's right there. But the changes that come from it are not immediate. They come by measure, by growth, by. But they're still noticeable. So, just if you if you got to remember one thing, remember this is not this is not make God a Calvinist, okay? <laughs> this isn't something that just overwhelms you, and you know, uh, a lot of a lot of people, a lot of religious systems think that if you go out and you share the gospel that that is by itself enough to get people saved. Well, uh, that's not what Jesus told us to do. Go ye therefore and do what? What do you say? Well, yeah, he does preach the gospel, but he said go ye therefore and teach all nations. One of the one of the things that I have to do when I teach basic Bible truths, when we get to lesson three and we're talking about the gospel being a power of God unto salvation, I ask my students. Some of you will remember being asked this by me. What is what is every TV preacher on the air today supposed to be preaching? They're supposed to be preaching the gospel. I say, well, what every pulpit in America, in all the churches in the country, what are they supposed to be preaching? The gospel. The gospel. I said, okay, can you tell me what is the gospel? One out of maybe 50 knows. And I said, I didn't, I didn't do this to you to make you look ignorant. I did this to you to illustrate... What an absolutely ridiculous, pitiful job preachers have done in explaining the most important message that there is. And then I take them and show them what the gospel is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, How that Christ died for our sins and was buried in the third day, raised from the dead according to the scriptures. The... uh, uh, the gospel is the power of God into salvation. But you need to know some things in order to be born again. You've got to know who Jesus is. You've got to understand that he's God. You've got to understand that, that he died for your sin. That when he died on the cross, he completely paid the full entire debt of your sins. Before you ever knew it, before you ever realized you had any, 
Back when, back when you were Liam's size, interested in yelling in class and disturbing people and all that stuff he loves to do. He doesn't know anything about that, but Jesus did everything necessary for him and for his children that are to come. He's completed the work. So if, if you got an if you have an opportunity to really sit down and learn what what the new birth is, then you ought to do it. Most people don't ever get a chance. They hear about it their whole lives, but they never understand it. And uh, and our job is to teach you, but it's hard to do that unless you're willing. You got to be willing. You kind of got to want to. When you read on, and once you get past this, Jesus answered and says to Nicodemus, after he says, how can these things be? Jesus said, art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? That had to be a kind of a punch in the gut. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, unto thee, we speak what we do know. And testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Nicodemus is, tell, is told by the Lord, you're not going to, if I told you how this works, you wouldn't understand it. Because I can tell you and compare it to earthly things, and you're not getting it. You're sure not going to get it if I tell you the heavenly side of it. And uh, and we won't. We won't. We have to have it on earthly terms. He says, he says verse 13, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent... In the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You know anything about Moses and the serpent in the wilderness? What was happening? They were they were murmuring and and accusing God of not loving them and being a pain in the side. I'll, I'll be nice for the recording. And, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among them. Fiery serpents. They're poison snakes. And they were biting them. And they were dying. And uh, Moses went to the Lord seeking help. And, and God told Moses, he said, you take a pole and you make a serpent of brass and you put it up on the pole. And you tell the people that if they'll come and look upon that serpent, they'll be healed of the snake bite. Some, I'm I'm pretty sure that some said, that's just stupid. That's ridiculous. I'm, I'm supposed to go look at this serpent and I'll be healed. And some others said, well, if God said it, I believe it, so I'm going. And when they did, they were healed. 
And so this is the comparison. Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness that whoever would look thereon would be healed, would live. And he says, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. It was by faith that that was activated. Yeah, yeah. Jesus is lifted up and put on a pole, crucified, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then that, that is the prelude to John chapter verse number 16, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him and and you gotta, you gotta understand believe. You do. Believe isn't just, yeah, okay, I know it's, I, I think it really was true. That's not believe. Not in the Bible. Believe in the Bible means to put in trust with. I am dependent on Jesus. Amen. Who was on the pole, died very, rose again for me to save me from my sins. And when that becomes real from the heart, whether you said it, or not, whether you used words or you didn't, but when that's true from within, the new birth is going to happen immediately, instantly. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Why did not God send Jesus to condemn the world? Because the world was already condemned. That's what he says in the next verse, 18. 